Welcome. Welcome to another episode of a show. Uh, you know, every once in a while, I like to take on a cause with this show. I, I like to use my platform to do something of value. You know, it's it's fun and games here in the helpful snow fort, but at the same time, every so often, something strikes. What's What is it when it's your fancy, but it's not something you like? Your butt. So every once in a while, something strikes you as, you know, not something to joke about. Uh, something that's a little more serious and a little more intense to talk about. And I do have to sort of right now just say I'm pretty out of practice in talking about things like that. Um, that's not my my norm on this show, so uh, you know you'll have to excuse me for not being amazing at it. Um, not going to be as good as perhaps some other podcasters, perhaps most other podcasters who even occasionally make a half-hearted effort to talk about something serious. So. Uh, what we're going to talk about today is a Rolling Stone list of the 200 best vocalists of all time that came out like five years ago and no one cares about. Now, let's just start with this. I recognize why this list exists. This was Rolling Stone's chance to just basically... A lot of us did this with the li list format, Okay. Like I knew, I knew, uh, from my time at Lit Reactor, that a very effective way to get a lot of clicks on something was to make a list of something that is clearly wrong. Okay, so you would make a list of the ten best Stephen King books, and you'd be like, uh, "Dreamcatcher's the best," you know, and that that could pretty much guarantee you that you would get a good amount of uh, clicks on it because people would be so pissed. And they were like, I got to go here and click on this so then I can tell them how wrong they are. All right? So let me, let me start by saying I recognize that that's part of why this list was created. Um, and I'm not really here to argue the bulk of the list. Um... I am here to argue for one thing, and it's not an omission. Uh, Ronnie James Dio was at number 165. Uh, if you're not familiar with Dio, I would recommend listening to Rainbow in the Dark or Caught in the Middle or really any Holy Diver, any of his many hits. Um, if you're also, if you're not familiar with Dio, allow me to share a, a quick tale that is relevant to all of this. 
Well, one thing, uh, he's dead. However, I was reading up on him on Wikipedia. This is how this is how I found out that he was 165 on the top 200, and uh, one being the best. And I was like, when I was reading this Wikipedia page, I was like, how the fuck are there 164 better singers than Dio? Um, by all accounts, Dio was a really nice guy, and he was kind of an elder statesman of metal. And a uh, little story. So Tenacious D made the movie The Pick of Destiny, and they did a song called Dio, and they also, I guess, included him on some of the vocal tracks on the movie or on an album or something. And I, I watched this video, and it was Jack Black talking about meeting Dio, and he was like, he was a super nice guy. I was so excited to meet him. And he comes to the studio and he, he brought his own microphone. Like he brought a, a little suitcase that had his own microphone in it. And the people in the studio were like, oh, you know, we've got everything set up and we've got it calibrated to our stuff. And Dio was like, well, okay. I mean, if you want. And he was like, I just... I tend to bring my own microphone because, you know, things don't tend to work too well for me, but, you know, we can, we can do your stuff. And he was like, Dio was being super nice and humble about it. But as soon as we started trying to record him, it was very obvious why he brought his own microphone because the power of his voice kept like blowing out the sound. And no matter what we adjusted and how we did it, it just kept doing that. We had to keep stopping and starting. And eventually Dio was kind of like smiled and was like, this is kind of why I travel with my own mic. But also people don't really believe it. If I'm like, I'm going to blow out your microphone and your sound. It can't handle how awesome this is. So, you know, I just am paraphrasing. Obviously he was a nice guy. He wasn't being a dick like I'm being, but you know, he was like, yeah, basically I bring the microphone. People always say, no, we've got it covered. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, we're putting in my microphone. But I found this is the best way to do it, is just to show you what happens. And then you guys can make the decision for yourselves, like, oh, yeah, we should probably just do it this way. So that's, like, the power of his voice, okay? That's, like, and, you know, I think he's kind of like a... I understand that his music and that kind of music isn't, like, for everybody, but I think if you listen to it just from a vocal standpoint, you could appreciate uh, that he's the real deal. And, you know, another big factor here is he's old school. Like, he was really doing that. That was not uh, studio magic because that kind of shit didn't really exist back then. And he would perform live and sounded like he did in the studio. I mean, he's an amazing, amazing vocalist. Okay. And he was 165 on the list. So my campaign, my cause, is I want Rolling Stone to revise this list. And I don't care how they do it, but I want Dio to go up one spot. And this is important to me because I think he's amazing, but also because uh, go, pushing him up one spot is a way for Rolling Stone to say, you know what? We were wrong. We were wrong about this. It was wrong for us to put him at 165. And uh, 
you know, we're, we're opening ourselves up to the possibility of saying sometimes we're wrong and you're wrong about this. I don't need you to fully correct it. Dio's not even alive, so it's not like he would know. I just want you to, to reconsider. Okay. Rolling Stone. Um, but also I think there's a part of this that I really, all joking aside about how serious this is and stuff. There's a part of it that to me is like, let's put this in the grave. Let's stop doing this stuff that we're calling journalism, but really it's just a list designed to get clicks. You know what I mean? Let's stop doing hot takes that we don't actually believe. Let's stop doing this sort of thing. Like we could stop doing this. And I think the world would be a better place, not a worse place. If we just kind of knock it off with this shit. So in this, this is my first, my first attempt to try and get them to change their mind. And what I did is I made a list. I went down the list and found people who were in front of Dio. Uh, people who were the next in line, if you will. That's a Dio song. Maybe an album as well. And uh, people who I was like, I don't think they deserve to be in front of Dio. In terms of when we're talking about this is a list of the best vocalists of all time. And it's the best singers, by the way. Because I was like, well, maybe this is like best vocalists. In which case I'm like, in my dumb brain, that gives leeway. It's like, well, all right. So maybe someone like a Tom Waits isn't the greatest singer of all time. But maybe he's a good vocal performer. And, you know, him doing what he does, maybe that works for people. So I should just, you know, I'd have to let it go. But this is literally says best singers. So uh, let's, I'm going to go down the list. I just wanted to also point out there were a lot of people on this list who I had never heard of, and you probably haven't either. Um, and they were, I think they were trying to do a very good job of having like a wide, uh, diverse range of people. And that's fine. Um, I picked mostly white people that I'm going to talk about with a few exceptions. Um, just because... I'm not coming at the list from that angle. I could see someone making the, that argument, but I think that argument gets into other things, and I'm not going to get into those because I don't need to. We only need to take one person off the list from ahead of Dio. That's not even necessarily what has to happen for this to, uh, you know. This is just one suggested method I've got for moving Dio up the list. Okay? So... Uh, at 1.30, so 35 singers better than Ronnie James Dio is Courtney Love, <laughs> which I was like, dude, come on. I mean, we talk a lot about Nepo babies today, and I'm like, well, Nepo by marriage? I mean, is that the, it's not the same thing, but kind of? I don't, I don't hate Courtney Love. I've got, actually, I have no room in my life to have emotions about Courtney Love. You know, I feel like in the 90s and the 2000s even, it was like a thing. Because you would be like, oh, was it her fault that Kurt Cobain killed himself or something? And you're like, yeah, probably not. I mean, that seems unreasonable. He was a pretty young man. 
even even if she was a horrible partner for him, I'm like, that's probably taking it quite a bit too far. You know what I mean? But I do have to say, I don't know if Hole would have been as big a band without that connection. Uh for the most part, I would say, like, well, name another person who's in Hole. I see someone wearing a Hole t-shirt, and I'm like, name three songs. But no, I'm like, eh, whatever. And it's just not, um, I got nothing against her, but I also feel like, it's not like she was a known, known for her vocals performer. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like she was known for, like, she had such range. She had such um, expressive singing style, you know? I thought she sounded good, but good, there's good, and then there's Ronnie James Dio. Okay, this is the next the next one, and this would be one that I think many people would disagree with. And that is Ozzy Osbourne, who is at 112. Um, I think Ronnie James Dio is a better singer than Ozzy Osbourne. I think that if Ronnie James Dio sang Crazy Train or Bark at the Moon, it would sound as good or better. I'm 100% convinced of this fact. Um, Dio sang in Black Sabbath for a while after Ozzy was gone. And I, I think that's a pretty good fit. This is a good fit in terms of like... Uh, you know, if you were seeing a band and the singer had was replaced and you're like, fuck, you know, who are they replacing the singer with? You want them to replace the singer with someone who you're like, well, it's not exactly the same, but I could deal with that. I was just listening to the Metallica album, The Blacklist, which is the Black Album, uh, a bunch of covers of songs from the Black Album, which, by the way, this album is fucking crazy. It's four discs. It's like four hours long, maybe five. And what they did is instead of like, they just kind of, it seems like let everybody pick whichever song they wanted to cover. So there are like nine versions of Nothing Else Matters and they just go in a row. And they actually start on like disc three and then carry over to disc four. And I'm like, you know, it's been a very long time, like since I was 12, since I put on one song and use that button to do the one song shuffle repeat thing where you're like, I'm just going to listen to this song over and over and over. And that's what it felt like. It was like two hours of nothing else matters. And I was like, kill me. And the second to last one was Chris Stapleton, who I do think has a good voice. But I was it was like twice as long as nothing else matters, which is already a pretty long song. And I was like, this is so overindulgent and terrible. But anyway, I was listening to this uh, album, and one of the acts on there is Corey Taylor from Slipknot. And I was like, you know, if Metallica had to replace their singer, I feel like Corey Taylor would be a good choice. Because he doesn't sound exactly like James Hetfield, but I feel like Metallica fans would be like, this is legit. I can live with this. It does sound different. But... The crossover in the fandom there is going to be pretty heavy. I think it would work. I think you could get away with it. And it would be better than trying to find somebody who sounds just like him. Although, in the two cases where that seems incredibly unlikely, ACDC and Journey, they did it both times. So who knows? Maybe I'm wrong about that. 
But anyway, I wanted to throw Ozzy under the bus here because I feel like they're very, Dio and Ozzy are kind of on that same wavelength and it makes sense, right? It makes sense. Plus, I, I, you know, just in terms of life, I'm like, Dio has never annoyed me with his family and Ozzy has. So, you know, that's a point against. Okay, one, number 111, just in front of Ozzy, is Fiona Apple, who, again, I was like, eh, eh, you know, I don't know, man. It just, I, I obviously, I'm not a big Fiona Apple fan. I remember when that video came out, that was like a big deal. But for me, it wasn't a big deal because I was not jerking off yet, so... I was not of that age at that time. Let's see. When what was that called? Criminal? Criminal. That's what comes up when you Google her. Okay, so that was 1996. Well, maybe. But whatever. Fiona Apple didn't do it for me. Either way. Fiona Apple was a... Her feminine wiles didn't trick me. They didn't, you know, bamboozle my brain into thinking... Wow, she's a better singer than Ronnie James Dio. Now, if I had to watch a video on mute of a band, if that was the list, top 200 music videos to watch with no sound on, a Criminal would probably be close. Probably be in the, in the mix. You know what I mean? There was also D'Angelo was on the list of 200, and I did not add D'Angelo to this list of mine because I don't really... I have no idea what his songs are. I know one thing about D'Angelo, and that's that I saw uh, that video where basically we all had the discussion in public of like, when does your dick start? What? <laughs> how much of your body can you show and technically not be showing your dick? Um, like, where does where's the roots begin? Do you know what I mean? Where does a tree start? We that's the question we were all all asking and answering at that time. That's all I really know about him. So I I didn't put him on the list because I was like he might be an awesome singer. I have no idea. Um, you know, fuck it, who cares? So anyway, I'm just saying like there are probably some uh, on this list where I feel sex appeal may have overcome. Uh, sense. Uh, at 107, we have Lou Reed. I like a Lou Reed song. I just don't necessarily think the vocals are powerful. And, you know, that's to me something that does make a good vocalist is power. And, uh, Lou Reed sounds to me a little bit like somebody that I'm like, I mean, couldn't a lot of people kind of get there? If you know what I mean? And, you know, he did that fucked up album with Metallica that I hated. So, you know, I know I've never forgiven him. Whatever. Uh, 98, we've got Bob Marley. I feel like, because you go, you go down this list, and I kind of put Bob Marley on here because I think he stands for a lot of people that are on this list uh, that I'm, like, not so sure about. Because I'm like, uh, Elvis is on this list as well. And I'm like, was he that good of a singer, though? 
or was he like a good performer? And Bob Marley, I kind of feel like that. I'm like, is Bob Marley that great of a singer or is he just like, is he known for his, you know, his songs, his performance and whatever. And also is the only person on this list that I'm like, I mean, marijuana may play a factor here. And I don't think Trey Anastasio from Fish was on the on the list. But, you know, I don't know. It seemed like Bob Marley was the guy that when I was like a young teenager, being into Bob Marley was like who you could be into if you were like, I really enjoy marijuana smoking. How can I signal this? What if I had a big tapestry with Bob Marley on it? That seems like a good idea. Uh, next, we've got at 86, Michael Jackson. Now, here's here's the thing. This is a little bit of a trap that I'm setting because I do think Michael Jackson is a pretty amazing vocalist and singer. Um, definitely had the skills, had the pipes, whatever. However, Rolling Stone, are you really going to defend a, a child molester? You know what I mean? Are we really putting him on the list? I did want to look at the list uh, and tried to find, and don't think R. Kelly is on there. But I was like, as I was going through the list, I was like, I mean, R. Kelly is a pretty good singer. We can put, if we put everything else aside, if we're going to do a trust the art, not the artist, uh, trust the art, not the criminal, um, he would probably be on the list if I was making the list. But I wouldn't put him on the list because I'd be like, hmm. Is it worth it? You know what I mean? Is it is it worth it to put him on the list? What what that means? Probably not, right? So I kind of, you know, but then I'm like, but Michael Jackson's on there. And I guess you could get into like a, well, is Michael Jackson more talented than R. Kelly? But, you know, the obvious argument here is, well, how how good at singing do you have to be to molest a child? And I guess we have our answer. How good of a performer do you have to be to molest children and get away with it? Now, there is, I guess, some question of if that happened today, like if he was on trial today, if he was still alive, would he be in a little bit more of the Cosby boat instead of the, uh, you know, in in some ways we could say he got away with it, but. In other ways, he's dead. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how much you can say, like, well, that rascal got away with it again. He found, he found the one exit door that we just can't close, which is death. And we just can't, can't compete with <laughs> At 78, we have Janis Joplin. Uh, I've never been a Janis Joplin fan. I think Janis Joplin sucks. But more to the point... I don't think she's known for her, like, amazing singing. You know what I mean? I don't think her, her singing uh, ability is what she was known for or famous for or what we like about her. What people who do like her like about her is something other than her singing, right? That's fair. I think that's fair. At 63, perhaps another controversial is Robert Plant. I've just never cared for singing that much. I, I think, to me, Led Zeppelin is a band that you're like, it kind of works despite the singing. Or you're like, well, it's just got its own flavor. 
because of the singing. But here's the thing. Like, if I had to pick a best singer, I kind of want to take them out of their their comfort zone, their context. You know what I mean? I'm like, someone's joining my church choir because I'm starting a church. Do I want Robert Plant in there? Am I, like, really jonesing to get him in my church choir if I hear him sing? Ow, ow. Probably not. So, you know, he could go down the list. At number 40, we have Aaliyah. I was talking to Poonmaster Flex the other day because there was like still, I saw, I don't know, it was like at a store or something and there was an Aaliyah shirt. And I was like, people are still into Aaliyah, huh? And I was like, I kind of get it like when I was a youngster because, you know, she was a, a big deal, but she was a big deal for such a short time. You know what I mean? And it was like, and I understand that's part of why she was such a big deal is like the Kurt Cobain thing, right? Like she died when she was a rising star, one of the most famous people. But, you know, I don't know if there's so much a body of work there that I'm like prepared to put in front of Ronnie James Dio. You know what I mean? Just the quantity. And the the amount and the uh, variety. It was like, uh, you know, someone else on the list was like Lauren Hill. And I was like, well, I think Lauren Hill has put together enough stuff, even though she hasn't put out a ton of stuff. I was like, yeah, I think we have the idea, though. I feel like I know what's going on there. Uh, let's see. Okay, number 19 is Frank Sinatra. I mean, I feel like this is one of the ones to, a lot of these are like this. Somebody who defined a genre. You know what I mean? There's a kind of a style of music that I think a lot of us now think of as Frank Sinatra music. You know what I mean? But I always felt like Frank Sinatra sings one note in every song, which is the very last, in town. Like as the song ends, he sings one note. But, you know, the rest of it is just like, da-da-da-da, I like to fart, da-da-da-da, I like to shoot out a fart. I wanted to do a lounge-style, uh, Frank Sinatra-style album that's just about farts. The entire thing is about farts. This has been a dream of mine for, like, a year. I just needed to find, like, uh, Frank Sinatra-style backing tracks, you know what I mean, that I could use for that purpose. But uh, I've never done. But yeah. Anyway, I know some people like that style. I know people are into that music more than I am. And I'm not shitting on the music. I just, you know, when we've got a list of the best vocalists, it's like, well, yeah, is he the, is he the greatest singer? I say no. Let's just bring that straight into the next person, which is number 15, Bob Dylan. Uh, I'm not a Bob Dylan head. You know, I've given it tries and it just doesn't work for me. I understand what people like about him. You know, and I wouldn't argue with anyone who's like, he's my favorite musician, my favorite artist. But to call him a great vocalist, I think is a stretch. I think even fans of Bob Dylan would be like, yeah, I mean, I could kind of see Bob Dylan not making the list. You know what I mean? Or, like, not being in the top uh, 15? I mean, he's number 15? 
So this means Bob Dylan is a better singer than Freddie Mercury, and that's just not true, right? Can't we all agree that that is not true? Maybe he's not better. I can't remember where Freddie Mercury was, but close. He's he's a close competition for Freddie Mercury. I'm like, I don't know, man. That seems unreasonable. I You know, I'm happy for him writing all his songs and then doing his crazy acoustic and rock shit or whatever that was that everyone got all mad about. That was like the moment when, you know, uh, everyone was mad at Metallica for cutting their hair. And they're like, they're not metal anymore. Look at their short hair. And you're like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was kind of smart. You see those metal guys that still have the metal hair and they're like 50 and you're like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> Who are you fooling? Uh, and then number four, and this one's, you know, whatever, but number four is Billie Holiday. I think Billie Holiday, I enjoy Billie Holiday quite a bit. Uh, and that's why I wanted to put Billie Holiday on the list because I think, I think she's a, a good performer and I enjoy listening to her music. And you have to assume that, you know, because she's old enough that it's like, well, that was legit. Like, she must have sounded like that. She probably sounded better than she does in the recordings because, you know, uh, the technology of the time wasn't, like, incredibly great. Um, I just, you know, for me, there's just... She has a unique voice. She has an interesting voice. It's something I do enjoy listening to. It's just not something that... I can put above Ronnie James Dio. And that's really the main point of all of these is that, you know, are they better than Ronnie James Dio? And the answer is no. Like all of the people I just named, like them or not, are not better at singing than Ronnie James Dio. So there you go. That's my first, my first volley, my first attempt to get uh, Rolling Stone to change their mind is to say, hey, if you wanted to just excise, just jettison someone completely from the list or take any one of these people and put them at 165, moving Dio up to 164, I would be satisfied. And we would never have to talk about this again. You know, I won't send you emails. Um, we won't have to do this stuff. But, uh, you know, that's, and that's just one way that you could move him up the list. Uh, another suggestion, I'll just give you two for the price of one podcast here. Another suggestion is just make him 164 and not have a 165 anymore. Fuck it. I don't remember who 164 was, but just move him up and you have two 164s. It's like a hotel that doesn't have a 13th floor, but it has a 12th and a 14th, right? I mean, why not? You know, like, can't we do whatever we want on these kind of lists? Does it really matter? Does anyone care? I wouldn't think anyone would care, right? So, you know, there's there's another another option. So there you have it, everybody. I've taken up my important cause. I'm trying to... Uh, Enlighten the world. I'm trying to make the world a better place. 
You know, in this in this troubled political season, <laughs> I went to um, I went to a Super Bowl party, sort of. It was just four guys, and we kind of watched the last maybe twenty minutes of the Super Bowl, um, and ate tacos and drank beers, and um, when I was there, one of my friends was like. If you don't vote in this election, I'm going to be genuinely mad at you. Which, like, I've voted in most of the recent elections. Um, but I was like, why? And he was like, because, you know, uh, Trump can't win again. And I was like, it literally doesn't matter if I vote or not. And he was like, it does. It does matter. Every little bit counts. And I was like, it literally doesn't count. Like, it doesn't matter. The state's going to go to, you know, Joe Biden and uh, it's not going to matter if I vote or not. And he was like, uh, yeah, that's true. But still, you know, and I was like, why do you care? Like, why does that matter? But I went to a sports party for the first time in forever. And I watched uh, Taylor Swift's boyfriend win the Super Bowl. And they kept showing Taylor Swift. Uh, not a lot, but a medium amount. And I've gathered that there's some kind of weird conservative conspiracy that involves Taylor Swift and her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey. But it seems like the conspiracy is uh, that they are really popular and young people like them and consider them role models and they are not conservative. <laughs> it's, that has something to do. It's like something like there's a CIA plot to like put the chiefs in the Super Bowl so that those two will be front and center, you know, right before an election or something, which I was like, I mean, so is this like a plan the CIA's had for like the last five years? Because haven't the Chiefs gone to the Super Bowl like a bunch of times? And it, boy, it seems like the long way around. And I was like, well, I mean, I think that when it comes to being super obsessed with the personal life of Taylor Swift, we're probably talking about a lot of uh, young ladies who are not of voting age. You know, and if they're like super into Taylor Swift, I don't think her being at the Super Bowl is like they were like, well, I was going to vote for Trump before. But now now that I've seen her at the Super Bowl, I've changed. You know, what I mean, like it doesn't really make sense. And my personal theory on it is like, yeah, this is a hard time to be a conservative because you're like we have the America's prom queen. And we have America's captain of the football team are dating and they're at the Super Bowl. And, you know, it, they're a white straight couple and they are not on our team. They're not team conservative. Who do we have left? If we can't have the prom queen and we can't have the captain of the football team, who the fuck do we have on our side? There's a bunch of maniacs. I think that's what's going on. It does, it does bother me because I'm like, I feel like we've sort of expanded the definition of conspiracy in a, uh, you know, un, unhealthy way where it's like, is it really a conspiracy that they don't like your, you know, politics very much that, you know, they're just like, I mean, I don't hate gay people. So, you know, whatever. Um, I don't blame my problems on people from other countries. Is that like a conspiracy thinking? 
You know, I don't know. It doesn't really reek of conspiracy to me. TBH. I guess maybe everybody's gotten tired of doing COVID conspiracies. Because it's gotten to the point now where it's like, listen, if you're still talking about COVID conspiracies and how you're, you know, COVID's not real or whatever, you're the one talking about it the most at this point. You know what I mean? You seem to be the most invested in all this stuff. So, like, maybe, maybe give it a rest. I mean, maybe uh, let it go, as they would say in the movie Frozen. But yeah, I, I was at an actual sports party and I wore a lit reactor sweater. <laughs> Cassie w Poonmaster Flex whoops, was like, what are you going to wear to the sports thing? And I was like, well, I mean, I have some jerseys from a podcast I listen to. They're not football jerseys. They're hockey jerseys. That's kind of a sports outfit. And I didn't even wear that. I wore a a uh, sweater for a dead website that used to have articles and stuff about books. So, you know, like, yeah, just trying to really alienate everybody, I guess. I was thinking I could have worn red because I was like, oh, every both teams have a lot of red, but I don't think I actually own any, like, predominantly red clothes. So that was ruined. I did eat a bunch of tacos, though. It was like, uh, you know, they were making fun of me because we all went to a concert together this summer and we drove through Taco Bell and I probably ate like 12 tacos on the way home. And so, you know, one of the guys was like, oh, well, we'll get Peter his own taco party pack or whatever. And I was like, guys, I don't really believe in numbering the amount of tacos at the party that way. I think it's... You just got to be more zen about it and be like, when you show up, there are tacos there. And then you eat the tacos until there are not tacos anymore. And that's when, then you know you're done. It's, it's a much simpler, better life. I've got it worked out, you guys. You just, that's how you, that's how we're meant to live. This is how adult men were meant to live. It's just to start eating tacos and stop only once it's no longer an option. That's the only possible way to get through life. All right, well, that's going to do us for today. Um, do, if you haven't subscribed to my newsletters, plural, go to helpfulsnowman.com and you'll see a newsletter link at the top. And uh, you'll probably enjoy those if, you, if you're listening to this. Also, uh, as mentioned before, Lit Reactor, I put all of my columns together in a book. I recommend the digital version, the ebook, Omnibus Edition, also linked on the website. There is a print version. I'm looking at it now. It's four phone books of my Lit Reactor columns, and buying all four costs like $100. So I do not recommend that. I can in good conscience, conscience? recommend you actually doing that. Um, I guess if I was a more enterprising person, I would do like a best of and just do the best columns and try and put them into one book, but I'm not, so I didn't. So <laughs> there you go. Fuck off with that, I guess. But uh, yeah, get buy that. Buy that electronic book. You know, I'll make 50 cents. 
trying to get up to $1,500 in additional funding this year to make up for Lit Reactor's doom. And uh, so far, I'm not very close. So I, I need a boost. Need a boost, everyone. All right. We'll see you next time. You're asking the questions that nobody could. Like where the ball